gentlemen of the League of Shiesty Schlemiels, what is up? This is the long overdue update to the league. The fuck is going on? We are in what has to be considered late offseason at this point. That means the clock is ticking for the draft. Bunis and Tim are on the clock with that number one overall pick. Things have been a little unsettled in the league. The draft house took way too long to get nailed down. For anyone who didn't know, we canceled the original house. We got a refund. Then we got rejected by multiple other houses to even get booked because they realized we're a bunch of shisey schlemiels and nobody wants us in their fucking house. It's been a huge pain in the ass, but nevertheless, it's fucking done. Shit is going down. It's time to get started and dialed in on the 23 motherfucking season. Mid-July, that's like right around the corner. We got early keeper designations coming up. I expect some trades, but maybe not, maybe not. Last year, it took a minute, but after the first trade, the rest just started happening. It just went down like dominoes. On this episode, what we're going to talk about, what I'm going to fucking talk about because I don't have any guests, I'm going to give my early prediction on keepers. Who's keeping what, why, where, how, my potential plan for changes in the pod this year and how it affects you as the GMs. Also, review of any changes to the rules in this league. I mean, what do you got to anticipate for this upcoming season? A couple that maybe didn't pan out. And why the fuck not? Some way too early power rankings. I know you guys have all anxiously been waiting for this, and I'm going to give it to you. Prep your butts. Make sure your cheeks are ready to flap in the wind. The hurricane's coming. Okay, gonna hit you now with the new rules coming at you for the 2023 season. Here we go. Now, the most anticipated major change coming for the 23 season is... Wait, hold on. Before I say it, we should also all know by now that the buy-in is $500. But after that, the most major change to the league is free agent auction bidding, FAB. We all start with 100 in Monopoly money. There is no waiver claims. You want a free agent? Then you got to bid the most to get that guy. That being said, if there's a tie, the breaker goes to the lower team. We talked about doing buybacks for later in the season, but that's just not going to be a thing for now. Once you're out of money, you're just out. So fab. We'll see how that shit plays out. We can all fap to fab. Fab fapping. Fab fabbing. Next up, the kicking game. No major changes here, but... Missed kick penalties are reduced to negative one points except for a missed field goal that's under 19 yards. That would be negative two. Missed PATs, negative one. So that just reduces the impact that kicking has on the game. Three points for all field goals, but if it's 50 plus, you get four. Next, special teams players. If you have a wide receiver, running back, whatever the fuck position, but he returns punts and kickoffs, you can get points from this player, one point for every 10 return yards. This should seriously have very little impact on what we do, but we'll see. It could be interesting. As far as the game goes, we really didn't change anything else. We almost made a change to the keeper status, being able to lock in a free agent early to keep the draft value from changing. I think a lot of people were in favor of this, but we couldn't all agree on the details for now, so we're just going to have to look at it next year. So I'm in favor of it. 
of this change to the league. And my reasoning is that it encourages all of us to keep later round players, which in turn will free up first and second round guys. For example, the drafts of the last couple years, the quality of stud that you could get in the first or second round just like wasn't that great. I think if everybody's finding ways to keep later players, the first round guys, you're just not going to keep them. You're just going to keep releasing them. So it keeps more mix, makes the draft more interesting every year. Again, that's just my opinion. We'll see how this season plays out. We'll fucking see, said the blind gorilla. As you heard that last part about being able to lock in a free agent, you were probably like, what the fuck? So yeah, clearly that was recorded before the vote that took place this week. All right, so possible change to the pod format this year. If you guys haven't heard, I got a new job. Lots of travel for me with this new job. I don't think I got the same free time I did last year. The editing of audio podcasts, it just might be more time than I'm able to pull off this season. So I want to try a recorded video pod. Maybe watch it like YouTube. I can try getting us all on a corporate Zoom account. I'll call you. And all you have to do is the GM for your call. You find a dope background. It could be on the toilet if you want. It could be in your like New England Patriots throne with like a Tom Brady crown or some shit. Whatever you think is cool for your interviews. And I'll just send it the video as is, like as little editing as possible. I might be able to also just make this available as audio only. I think I'm just going to play around with it. Maybe we'll just still stick to the audio format if the video doesn't quite play out, but then I might just be doing a little less than I did last year, maybe every couple weeks instead of every week. We'll see. Also at the draft, one thing I want to do is set up the camera in another quiet room. So after every pick, you can go in, hit record, explain why you made the pick or just some kind of post-draft analysis, pretty brief to the point, whatever, but it'll make for some interesting material. Fuck it. We'll fuck around with it. We'll, we'll fuck around with it. We'll make it cool. The point is, we might be doing some video shit this year along with some audio, trying to elevate the game of our product before we sell it to ESPN or whoever wants to like get involved. I almost forgot under rule changes, whatever, on this segment. Um, I called all of you. I got your feedback on payouts, where we all stand on this. It sounds like about five GMs in the league did want a more top-heavy payout. Um, and by top-heavy, at least 50% of the pot to first place. Um, but we probably settled on something more in the middle. 2500 for first place. That's what it's going to be this year. 2500 That's about 1000 more than we paid Jamie last year. So then we're going to have 1400 for second place. 1000 for third place. 600 for the winner of the loser's bracket. Also... The loser's bracket will be bringing in the first round losers of the winner's bracket. So if you make the playoffs, you lose in the first round, you're still competing. This is going to be fun. I like it. I like it. Speaking of money, another idea that has come to light that we're going to fuck around with this year is a week-to-week pick em amongst picking our own games, like Adam versus Shane. Who's going to win? And then a total points for that week, just like a typical NFL pick and pool, but we're picking our own matchups. And if that's 5 to $10 per week, whoever wins for the week gets that money, but then a portion of it stays in a pot that goes towards the draft house at the end of the year. Um, another cool thing that we can fuck around with this year. Now, I hope you're nice and lubed up because I'm about to deliver straight into your 
Orphis, some keeper predictions for the upcoming draft. Here we go. We'll start with my squad, the Mazel Tov Cocktails. I'm predicting, and it's a pretty strong prediction here because I've evaluated my roster very efficiently. Josh Allen as a fifth rounder, Ramondre Stevenson as a sixth rounder. Can't really see myself going another way here. Uh, made a trade to get Stevenson. Uh, I just I like to make trades. I like to talk business with everybody, but it just wouldn't make a lot of sense for me to make a trade. Next up, Adam. He's keeping Travis Kelsey as a first. That's my prediction. I think two things will happen here. I think he's going to pass on Joe Mixon this year, and he might go with somebody like Jamal Williams, who is a 14th rounder. He could have a splash of a year at 14, just free up the draft stock, or maybe he's going to end up getting involved in a trade in San Diego for another draft. Maybe we'll see. We'll see. But right now I'm saying Jamal Williams, Travis Kelsey for Adam. Eunice and Tim. I'm throwing out here that they're going to keep Cooper Cup as a fourth. I think that they will be moving on from Christian McCaffrey. With the number one overall pick, you have anyone in the league that seems like he's no longer worthy of the number one overall pick. But with who else do they pick on their roster? I think they might go with Antonio Gibson, also a fourth. They'll have a fourth-fifth combo. I think that's what they're going to do. I think that's what they're going to do. Joe DeBeau. I think he's keeping Amonra St. Brown as a third, possibly Chris Olave as a seventh. But just like me, Joe is always talking trades with people. I think he may end up making a move, some type of trade for a second keeper. But if he doesn't, it's going to be Chris Olave. Greg and Justin. I think they're going to make a lot of trade talk. They're going to try to move a player. I don't know who it's going to be, but I think they're ultimately going to settle with Kenneth Walker as an eight, Austin Eckler as a six. Maybe they end up moving Pacheco, um, but I think that's going to be the two they're stuck with that they end up with. Hova, Chris, I think he's going to consider a lot of trades. He's got some good players, high value. I think none of the trades will stack up for him. I think he ends up keeping Tyreek Hill as a one and Najee Harris as a one. That means he won't have his first pick until the third round, but those are some good guys to start with. Ryan fucking Blotkamp. You know what? He's got a good keeper in Stephon Diggs in the fourth round and James Conner as an eighth. I mean, unless someone told me something otherwise, I mean, he's still the starting running back in Arizona. Um, that's not bad. Four and eight, Diggs and Conner again. That's my. That's what I'm predicting. Taylor, I think he may get a little nervous that Saquon hasn't signed a new deal. Maybe he will sign a deal by the time I put this shit out there. But it's probably going to be Saquon and Jalen Hurts. But I think if he gets drunk enough, somebody will try to make a move on one of those guys. He might make something happen, but it's probably going to be Saquon and Hurts. But he might make a trade, but it's probably Saquon and Hurts. Jamie. Jamie is going to be considering all sorts of trades. He has a loaded roster, a lot of guys that people are going to want, and I think that he's going to probably do what he always does is throw up a lot of smoke screens. But I see through the smoke, Jamie. I see through all that marijuana peace pipe smoke signal that you're throwing out there. I think it's going to be Patrick Mahomes as a third rounder, Nick Chubb as a, as a one. That's my call. Justin. 
Justin is going to be fairly easy to predict here. I think he's keeping just Justin Jefferson as a third. I think that's his soulmate. And I think that after what he did for him last season, he's going Josh Jacobs with the second round. All right. And to keep the predictions going, Shane, here's what I predict from Shane. I think he's keeping Alexander Madison. He was, yes, an 11th rounder at one point. He may drop maybe even to as low as seven or something. But that's just pretty good value. He's going to be the starting running back. He has performed better than Dalvin Cook at times. That's going to be one of his keepers. And I think the other one is going to be King Henry. He's been shopping him around. Not everyone's biting at this point. But when it comes right down to it, King Henry in the second round, you, you still have solid running back, two solid running backs, Madison and Henry, not too shabby. That's my prediction. Last one, Billy. Jamar Chase. Obviously, a yeah, fifth rounder. He made a move to get Jamar last year. I think he could easily stick to a guy in his roster like J.K. Dobbins in the fourth round. But I think Billy, being such a business guy already, he might want to just play around with some trades. And uh, maybe he's going to make a trade. Maybe he's going to make a trade. But if he doesn't make a trade, I think it's Jamar Chase, J.K. Dobbins. That's it. Mic drop. Those are my predictions. We'll see how they play out. I did this last year. I forgot what my hit rate was. Maybe I'll look that up real quick. All right, and for the final segment, the way too early power rankings. Power rankings. Power rankings. Power rankings. Number 12, Bunis and Tim. Yes, they did get last place punishment. This seems like it would be an easy prediction on starting the season, but sometimes you can get last place, hit the draft, and start out like three wins in a row. I don't think that's going to happen for them. They're going to take that number one overall pick, and I think they're going to whiff it. And I think that they're going to start off slow, and they're going to be in the gutter again. Cousins fuckers, last place. I'm sure that's going to get them all fired up. All right, number 11, Adam. I'm sorry, Adam. I'm fucking sorry. But I think you have some tough decisions to make with your keepers. Last year, you whiffed on Kyle Pitts. You admitted it, and I think you might whiff again this year. With one of your early picks, it's probably going to be a guy who like is going to finish strong, but he's going to start off slow. And so you might start off slow. So these power rankings could change. Number 10, Taylor. I think Taylor is going to have Saquon and Jalen Hurts, and he's probably going to do what he does where he like overthinks and takes a bunch of dudes and maybe makes a trade and then gives away like Josh Jacobs. And to get Darren Waller type of shit. Number nine, Ryan. Ryan might be kind of like a little under the radar. I think he will pick a guy who gets off to a slow start and just is going to have to do that late season push like he typically does. Number eight, Justin. That's just outside the playoff window. Justin does not want to hear this. If he keeps Justin Jefferson and Josh Jacobs... Is he going to hit on that first round pick? Is he going to hit on the late round picks? I don't know. I know he's not coming to the draft and that doesn't bode well for winning a championship. That's just where I have him falling. Seven, Billy. You know what? Billy was in the fucking gutter last year, just like drinking sewer water. And now he's got Jamar Chase. He's, he started, he beat the cousin fuckers. He got a win. I think he might do okay in the draft. He might surprise us. He might just like be silly good, silly Billy good, Debo six, 
Joe already has his draft mapped out, I'm sure, into the 14th round. He's going to be solid, but in the first quarter of the season, it'll be a slow start, like drafting some rookies who aren't quite ready for prime time, but they will be by the end of the season. Number five, Shane. I think Shane is really going to hit with Alexander Madison. That dude might have a monster year. I can't believe he's only like a seventh or eighth rounder right now. Shane was hungry last year. He smelt the championship. My dick, your butt was like ready to climax and it just didn't play out. I think I think he's still towards the top there. Number four, Hova. Hova was again like in the playoff position to make a fucking trophy move and some shit just got a little fucked up. I'm not sure how that, the playoff curse for him, you know, but with keepers like Tyreek, Najee, He's going to be strong. He's going to be strong. Down to get the freak shit on. Number three, Kevin, me. Josh Allen, probably MVP of the league. Ramondre Stevenson, he's a fucking beast. Maybe I keep someone else. I'm fucking good. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to win. Number two, Greg and Justin. They have some really solid running back choices as keepers. They're in a position to do some Jean-Claude Van Damage. These guys won't be taking anybody by surprise. And number one... Kind of like number 12, seems too easy, but Jamie. Jamie has built the squad off some like solid pieces. I think he's in a position to keep that shit going. I think he's going to start off with a good run. And uh, until somebody dethrones the champ, that's fucking Jamie's trophy. Fuck it. Let's take him out, gentlemen. Power rankings. Power rankings. Power rankings. <laughs> So now that you heard my power rankings predictions, I went back and listened to my predictions from last year, and I want you to hear what I predicted for Jamie and what that turned out to be, and what I predicted for Bunis and Tim and what that turned out to be fairly close. Um, Not much else was interesting. However, I did predict Taylor to be the five seed, which he ended up being. So I guess basically I'm like a Nostradamus, Juistradamus. Number 11, Bunis and Tim. Bunis and Tim have kind of been like all over the place for the last few years. Um, they just continue to kind of believe Christian McCaffrey will come back each year healthier or better. But I, I actually see them keeping him again this year. And maybe he stays healthy. Maybe he stays healthy because Carolina doesn't use him as much. But I do think one big factor is them not being in San Diego is going to hurt the quality of their draft. Number 10, Jamie. That's right. I got Jamie missing the playoffs for the second year in a row after winning the trophy. His keeper situation honestly isn't bad. In fact, he's got some pretty good pieces to work with, I think. Uh, but I, I don't know. I think this prediction is more about luck. I don't, I don't see Jamie having good luck this year. I don't know why. I just don't. Prove me wrong, Jamie. Prove me wrong. Number five, Taylor. I predict Taylor starts off slow, slowly works his way up, not to the top, but enough to snag the five seed. I think some late draft picks are going to turn into studs for him. Taylor made it to the championship game as a five seed in 2018. He lost that game to Ryan, but maybe these pieces come together at the right time for him this year. Here we go, starting with number 12, Ryan. He put himself in a bad spot with prior years keepers and now he's got limited options as keepers 
Devontae Adams is good, but I'd rather not take him as my first rounder. I mean, he's got to make a trade, in my opinion. We talked about that before the draft. I also don't think he's going to make that trade happen. It just doesn't really seem like it's his style. But I don't know. Ryan could absolutely get lucky. But of all the teams and scenarios, I see Ryan's as having the worst pieces to work with. So yeah, I told Jamie to prove me wrong. I guess you could say he proved me wrong. Ryan, I picked him dead last. I told him to prove me wrong. He finished way better than that. I suspect he heard my prediction, got pissed off, and played better. So maybe that's what's going to happen to Bunis and Tim this year. All right, boys, be on the lookout. Soft keeper declarations coming July 17th. Sunday night is the deadline. Let's get it on. Let's get it on. Scratch that July 16th Sunday night is the deadline. Let's see some fucking trades. Commission out. Thank you.